0: speak to you along the subject is freedom is not free you saw the clip earlier today and this morning and believe you me freedom comes with a price now I don't know what price you've paid now some of you spent time in the military and so you've spent a price but uh, I can promise you if you live long enough you're going to understand what it means to pay a price when it comes to freedom Psalms 11 verse 3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You ever ask yourself the question a week or so ago when nine men in black robes, judges make a decision for you and me? Yeah, You ever thought about, what can I do about that? You know, I hear a lot of different things, and you got to be careful what you say, amen? And don't, if you dare say it, you better make sure that person loves you. Don't say it on your telephone. I'm serious. You're being, tr- you're being recorded on your telephone, and there's certain buzzwords that if you're not careful, you go to the wrong place, you say the wrong thing, and you're going to have the wrong person showing up at the door. I ain't kidding now. There's a lot of things that our politicians and, and, and up in Washington, they're not telling us. They're not telling you what a bad shape that you're in financially, and there's not one of us can sit in here and determine how bad 16-plus trillion dollars we're in debt is bad. We don't understand that. As a matter of fact, I'm convinced they don't understand that. They don't understand Now, when it gets down to Greece, as I saw in the news last week, 1.4 billion in debt, and they're having to foreclose on the country. Now I understand that a little bit better, because I'm able to see when they wanted to run the banks, the banks wouldn't let them have the money except 67 dollars a day. That'll never happen in America, really. Really? Would you please go back and read in the days of the Depression? Would you? Because some of you have been totally lulled to sleep of the real condition. And it's a serious, sick condition than we in America here are in. President Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, handed on for them to do the same. If you don't believe that we're not in trouble, I hope that if I hope you don't go out here and say, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have went to church today. I'm, I'm feeling bad. I tell you, after studying this message all week, I felt terrible. <laughs> I almost said, I don't want to come and tell them. That, would y'all just rather me stop right here and begin to tell you a lie? I sure would almost rather. Because I could, if I was lying, I could tell you in the next five years, you don't have to worry about a thing. And five years after that, you don't have to worry about it. In another five years, it's going to be great. You're going to have plenty of money. The jobs are going to be great. Everything. But I can't tell you that. Because I am reading beyond what some government officials would want you to know. And it's more serious than you want to know. Because you don't like to hear this stuff either, do you? You like to sing the Star Spangled Banner. You like to see the fireworks. You like to argue about the flag. You like to talk about fireworks. Why don't you get the real work? Because one day it's going to be about food. The problem with our form of government as it erodes is that our government is no longer of the people, by the people, or for the people. It's for a selfish few who autocratically, that is they, through their dictatorship, telling us what we're going to do. You say, well, they won't tell me nothing. Well, in 1962 they did. A group of people prayed a 22-word prayer. Here's what they said. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependence upon thee and we beg thy blessing upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. In 1962, our illustrious government decided that this prayer was unconstitutional. You hear anything unconstitutional about that prayer? It led to a removal of... Of all prayer in public schools. One year later, as a result of that, the court stood up on their own and removed the Bible from the classroom with, of reading, religious classes, and instruction. This was a radical reversal of law without presidential justification and constitutional basis. But what have we done about it? Nothing. It makes me mad. We've done nothing. Have we? Do I need to go back and remind you of what we just spoke here in uh, Psalms 11.3? If the foundations of our country be destroyed? Disp- Uh, destroyed what can the righteous do is there anything that we can do maybe that's why we're lost let me tell you something two weeks ago when nine men constitutionally unprecedented stood up and made a decision for you and I to redefine the definition of marriage and home life Do you understand what's fixing to happen? I don't believe you do. The first thing that's going to happen when this pastor and hopefully some of you, we're not going to stand, or at least I'm not, I'm not going to stand and hate. I'm not going to not counsel anyone that had a sexual, uh, uh, as a homosexual. I'm not going to take a gun and shoot nobody. If you hate, you're out of the will of God. You still got to witness. You still got to share the love of God. But we don't have to have our tax exemption removed. That's the first thing for you, 501c3s and churches in the land. We are going, if we take a stand against the powers at hand, we're going to lose our tax freedom. You know what that means? (laughs) You don't tithe enough around here to pay the taxes on $3 million worth of buildings and property. All that bragging of 30 acres and all these buildings, whoa, it won't taste good when you have to pay taxes on it. You see, we're in all kind of trouble. 62, prayer. Around 63, the Bible. 2015, let me just tell you what we've said to the world: We're a for a man married a man. We are for a woman married a woman. And she, I don't believe that. Well, I don't either. But as far as the world goes, they don't know what you believe because we've let nine turkeys. See, I gotta be careful what I say. It's going out on the internet. Oh, man, I can't believe that we're being deceived like we are. And we just, in our little spiritual piousness think, Oh, bless God, we're not going to have to pay for this. This is just our constitutional freedom that everybody ought to be able to live and sin the way they want. Yeah, you can live and sin, but don't impose it on me. Shoot yourself, but don't point the gun at me. I want to live. Is any of this making sense? <clears throat> we talk about democracy, which pure democracy is the best way to, decide, to define pure democracy is a lynch mob. You don't believe that, do you? Well, listen to this. A lynch mob is an example of pure democracy in action. There's only one dissenting vote, that's the cast. That's cast by the person at the end of the rope. You see, we were supposed to be a what? A republic. We were supposed to be one not controlled by government, but having people's support and authority with the people up of who we put in positions, and not to call shots against the people and the states, but somehow. We sit here. Let me tell you something. Homosexuals have gotten more done by their committed cause than we ever thought about. I don't believe we have a whole lot of right. We ain't fought for nothing. We're getting paychecks. We're getting fed. Where our kids are. Being, we're blessed. You're blessed. Just keep your mouth shut. We just don't worry about it. <laughs> After all, what's it matter? You'll see, if you don't think that the lifestyle of a perverted sexual lifestyle is bad and it's not going to affect the economy or our country, would you please go read what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? Please? Would you please go and, and read what the Bible says that in the last days that our climate of a society will be like the days of Noah? Now there's a good sounding sound to this. It looks a whole lot closer than I ever thought it ever was going to be. Should we be surprised? You know, years ago, American submarine sank off the eastern coast. Divers attempted to rescue them, and when they went down, they could hear the survivors tapping out the, uh, the uh, Mars code. And what they were tapping was a question. Is there any hope? Is there any hope? I have to believe. That if Second Chronicle 7:14 is written to us and it's applicable, then if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, God's face, and turn from. Their wicked way. You some of you, you pointing fingers at the Democrats, and the Democrats is pointing fingers at the Republicans, and the Republicans and the Democrats are all pointing fingers at one another. The Libertarians and the and the uh, Sagittarius, Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the Tea Party, everybody's blaming everybody. And ain't nothing getting done. Except the agenda. The evil one. I believe if we're gonna get straightened out, it will be when the church house is revived. When the church house repents. I'm not talking about going down here and kneeling and admitting you shot 49 people. I'm saying when you come down here and say, you know what, I shot 49 people, God forgive me, and don't shoot and kill nobody else. That's repentance. You see, President George Washington said this. It would be impossible to govern rightly without God and the Bible. John Adams said it would be impossible to govern without God and the Ten Commandments. And yet, we already know that we've thrown... I'm talking about a society. I'm talking about a climate among the public... You know what's sad, and, and, and it's good, too? I don't know which is, which is the worst. Jason and a group of men have been getting into the public schools and being been able to go in and pray with the kids and, and, and tell them about Jesus and have Bible clubs, and that's the public school. But now I'm going to tell you a part that I don't get. And we just proudly just grandest there like peacock. Do you know why it's going into public school? Because these guys right here okayed it. That ought to scare you. 64% of students, I'm not down in these, but 64% of the students on our land today believe in no absolutes. My friend, God is an absolute. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father except he come by me. If you do not believe in absolutes, that is, you don't believe in telling anything about right or wrong or taking a stand, then I just want you to know that also you believe there is no God. If you don't believe in an absolute, there's a right and wrong. Now some of you've lived in the gray so long you don't know the difference between right and wrong. That's not God's fault. That's our fault. Andrew Jackson, the 7th President of the United States, says the Bible is the rock upon which the republic may rest. Well, if you don't believe in the Bible, and evidently, we've got power powers above us that don't believe in the Constitution. What do we got? I go back to Psalms 11.3. What are the righteous supposed to do? I wished I had the answer. Because I tell you what, if there's any of you smart enough to know how to get us out of the mess we're in, I'm all ears. If I have to, I'd, I'd resign my post and, and run f- For president, they'd throw me out. We don't have the money to get me there. But you know what? If we don't get somebody, and I'm talking about soon, if we don't get somebody in the White House that can balance a checkbook, now, some of you men, you've never balanced a checkbook. Your wives do it. Well, then let's warn your wife for president. Because I'm telling you, Hillary ain't going to do it. She, ain't, she don't have to balance a checkbook. She's got way too much money. But poor folk that have a checking account, I promise you, one of you in that household know how to balance it. If not, you're getting letters from the bank all the time called insufficient funds. Well, let me, some of you are laughing because you get those, don't you? Let me tell you something. We've been getting them for years from China. Insufficient funds. American can no longer pay her debt. So, where do you think the next crisis is coming from? I'll let you be the guy. Turn to Genesis 47. Genesis 47. <clears throat> Here we find, verse 13, we find a godly man who was brought into a crisis of management. What kind of management? Financial. Have y'all been reading anything outside of your devotion books? and Have you been following and listening to any of the financial gurus and what they're saying? I know it's not good news, but what are they saying? At best, how many years do we have? Maybe Two, maybe five, that ain't nobody knows. But I'll tell you what they all agree on. Financially, we are collapsing. I, I mentioned that I, what I read out on the, one of the captions, $16 trillion of debt, somebody said it's more like 18 already and maybe closer to 19. Now, I've already heard, and I don't understand that kind of money. Anybody care? Can you show me what, how much money that is? I don't think there's anybody in here smart enough. I don't even, well, I better hush about that. I just don't believe you understand how far in debt we are. You can't because you couldn't get to that point. But we are. And if you were to chart the dollar, she's almost deflated. You know what that means? It means it's even worth the paper it's written on. Did you know how many pennies it takes and it costs to make a penny today? That don't sound good, does it? Do you know how many cents it takes to make a nickel? Ten. Now, does it take you very long to figure out that if you're paying one cent more than it takes or two cents more than it takes to make one and ten cents a penny and ten cents to make a nickel, where we're heading, we're going backwards. We're already in debt with the making cost of our money. Egypt had gotten in a mess. God brought Joseph to the scenes in the political, took him out of the prison system <laughs> where God put him, and brought him into a system politically to where he could turn the government around and help the people at the same time. In Genesis 47, verse 13. Now, you want to know what the righteous are going to do? Listen up. Verse 13. Meanwhile, the famine became worse and worse. The crops continued to fail throughout Egypt and Canaan. Joseph collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan in exchange for grain. He brought money to the Pharaoh's treasure house. Can I ask you a question? When the government takes control of all of your money, Oh, that won't happen. That's not going to happen. Well, it's what will happen, Joseph. You don't understand. I got a 401K. So does the government. They know it. And if they want it, they can get it. I got money and savings. Oh, you think that's protected? No, 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 no. They can get it whenever they want it. Please watch Greece on the news. Get out of your cocoons and, and kind of pay attention to what's going on around the world. And this is going on a little small country. You see, Joseph, he took control of all of their purses. He controlled the money. Every dime was brought under the control of the government. Do you know that that's what's going to happen to us? Oh, yeah. Every dime is going to be controlled in the future, and it may be closer than we think, by the government. Joseph took control of the possessions. Look at verses 15 and 17. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, they came to Joseph crying out for food. Isn't that amazing? Oh, Lord God, I I just want some gas for my four-wheeler. Really? That important to you, huh? I just want, I want my we to work and the power to come back on. That's all you care about, huh? Well, when your belly goes to grumbling, listen to me. All this fussing, all this fuming over all the stuff we fuss and fume about ain't going to mean a thing when all you want is something to eat. You see, when the people of Egypt uh, and Canaan ran out of money, they came to Joseph again crying for food. Our money's gone. They said, give us bread. Why should we die? You'll do the same thing. Joseph replied, since your money's gone, give me your livestock. I'll give you food in exchange. So what was he doing? He was taking control of all of their possessions, horses, flocks, herds, Donkeys, bass boats, Uh uh-oh, all your toys. By the way, what good are they if you don't have any money to pay the taxes on them, or you don't have any money to put gas in them, or you don't have any money to fix them? What good are they? So, you see, Joseph took control of the possessions when the money ran out. And he began, what do you he say, well, what are we going to do when, if, if money does just goes kapooly? What are we going to do? You ever heard of bartering? You ever heard of horse trading? You better learn how to do that, young folk. Trade your big TV for a sack of rice. Trade your bicycle for something. That's what's bartering. Taking something that doesn't have to do with money whatsoever. How many have done that? How many, is there anybody here from the Depression days? Anybody? Nobody? We got two young of a church. (laughs) They learned how. And you better learn it. And you better understand what that means. Some of them say, now, preacher, you're scaring me, and, and, and I, I, I don't think I should be scared. <laughs> Boy, you know, you know what they're saying about us in Washington? We're dumb Georgians. We're dumb Tennesseans. We're dumb Alabamans. We're dumb... Uh, Country bumpkins. We don't know. We don't care as long as we get what we want. As long as we get our fireworks on, <laughs> on July the 4th. As long as we got some hot dogs to barbecue. My wife and I got in an argument yesterday over 13 hot dogs. <clears throat> she said, Have you cooked the hot dogs? I says, No, ma'am. I put them out there right by the grill. I said, they ain't there. She said, yes, they are. I said, no, they're not. She said, yeah, they are. I said, no, they're not. Go out there and look. She walked out there and she said, oh, my goodness. They're not there. I tried to tell you who got them. And then I said, oh, my goodness. What's 13 dogs do to a dog? My lab stole all our hot dogs. I haven't seen the evidence yet. <laughs> Look at verse 18 to 20. The next year they came again and said, our money's gone. Now our livestock's gone and are yours. Whose? The government. We have nothing left but our bodies and land. Oh, my goodness. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us, By our land in exchange for food. By the way, I just want you to know your greatest struggle. If you're, if we go into this, see, I, I, I can't help it, but I'm not a, a post tribulationist. I'm a pre tribulationist. I'm a pre millennialist, and I can't help it. That's this way. And that's the way I understand the Scripture, and I believe that the Lord's going to take us out, but he didn't tell us exactly at what point. <laughs> we may go through some of this stuff right here. I, hey, look, it's so close that I see in this country, I don't think we've got enough smart enough people in Washington to know how to get us out of this mess because we're already in the mess. Wait till the dollar collapses. You'll see how smart everybody is, and that ain't far off. Then verse 19 or 21 says, thus all the people of Egypt Egypt became servants to who? The government. Is that going to happen to us? Now, I think when everybody becomes a servant to the government, I personally believe that we're out of here the church. But see, ain't everybody going. It's what is called a seven-year tribulation period. Verse and a half of that tribulation is when the Antichrist comes to full power. After that, everything that you can imagine as far as evil is going to take place on this earth, and it's going to affect every one of those people. You say, well, how, how does those people end up in tribulation? They don't get saved. All your friends and buddies that you don't tell them about Jesus and they don't get saved, they're going to bust right into the tribulation if Jesus comes and gets us out of here. If I could give you any other motivation to share Jesus, study the tribulation. That's a good reason to share Jesus because we're close, guys. We're close. Well, Joseph took their persons, possessions, and property. He even took them as persons and slaves. And then verse 21 talks about their position. He moved all the people from their homes and moved them into the city. He could control them there. He could tell them more what to do there. Some of you go, they'll never get my property. Yeah, they're going to get your property. They'll never get my land. Yeah, they're going to get your land too. And guess what? If you happen to be around during this time, you're going to be happy to give it to them. You want to know why? Because they're going to give you something in return. Well, what is it? Food. Food. (laughs) you say we're not in a mess I say you better lift up your eyes for your redemption draws nigh for Jesus hopefully is coming in the near future to get us folks I'm sorry but the truth of it all is this country is going into a famine now and it ain't going to get any better We've had our future hoopa-rahs. We've had our blessings. We've had our great stuff, but we're fixing to go into a famine. It came to everyone. The poor, the rich, the royalty, everybody was affected. When the crisis comes, you'll be told, just like Joseph, you're going to do exactly what the government says. And by the way, have we not already done that in 1962? Have we not already done that one year later with the Bible? Have we not already done that two weeks ago? You were told this is how it's going to be. You don't get it, do you? You are a dictatorship. You're being ruled by dictators. You don't get it, do you? Somehow, we think we're sitting over here in a land of opportunity. And by the way, it is more so here than in Honduras. It is more so here than Mexico. It is more so here than Greece. It is more so here than Spain. You fix it or lose it. What are you going to do? When the foundations of the United States crumble, What are the righteous going to do? Every time I talk about I think about that. And I think about a crisis, because I think a crisis is good. Sometimes a crisis can bring us together. A crisis can bring the church together. You know, right now, all y'all are protecting your little eggs in your own little basket. But what happens if all you had was eggs? (laughs) Could we not share some of those eggs with one another? I really, truly believe, I, I think I told Kyle this last week, I'm going to quit telling people to put money in the bank. I don't know where you're going to put it. But I'll tell you this, I wouldn't put no larger sum of money in no bank. Absolutely not. Because you're going to lose it. Well, I just don't believe it. Turn on your doggone TV, dummy. What do I got to say? Read. Listen, yes, I believe God's going to take care of us. Yes, I believe that, that he takes care of the righteous. He did the widow, right? She was making her last meal, going in with her and her son, and die. But listen to me. She was making her last meal. <laughs> she was in a famine. Yeah, God provided but what was she concerned about? Food. And she knew, unless God did something, that it was up. So don't think you're any better than that widow. Don't think you're any better than the people in Egypt. Don't think you... We all think we're better than those in Sodom and Gomorrah or Noah. We're not. And many of us are going to be victims of the very thing that's going to take this country and is taking this country down. It's taking us down. See, I told you I wasn't going to feel very good, feel good. This is not one of them you walk out, boy, I'm telling you what I was. In and I, I didn't need to hear that. You know, you need to hear that. Here's what I asked my wife. In the next five years, let's just say everything collapses. What will you do different from here? To the fifth year, because it could happen before then. But what are you going to do different? Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm getting out of debt. I'm selling everything I got but my wife. (laughs) Y'all want a $50 dog? Might sell it cheaper. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Somebody said, well, at least we got a food program. That's because we are able to get food. What happens if we can't get food? We won't have a food program. Some of you better learn how to grow a garden. Some of you better learn how to put stuff up. I just don't believe any of that. Instead of wanting to make a quilt, you need to get some of these older ladies around here that knows how to put stuff up while you can, young ladies, because some of you don't even know how to clean a catfish, much less freeze a bag of corn. You think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. This ain't funny. This is serious. My grandfather lost a house in the Depression, a big house, $1,800. And we're fixing to have the government. You know what the difference? I ask this question, and I'll, I'll quit ramming. Do you know the difference between the government today and the government that Joseph took over in Egypt? y'all know the difference? There is no difference in dictatorship, but there is a big difference. What is it? Well, that's Joseph was, but that's about there was a few of that came. The difference is, remember the dream? What did Joseph interpret the dream at? Seven years of prosperity, Seven years of famine. Guys? We are definitely not prospering. The government has been in in famine for years, and it's getting now. It's going to affect us. It's going to affect our pockets. And boy, when you come to my office wanting to know how you're going to get food, you'll just realize how serious it is. Listen to me. The difference between the government of America and the government of, of Egypt, they had money. We don't. And guess what? You can just print so much money so long, and that print machine is going to stop. All China has to do right now, God, people, is call our note, and we're done. <coughs> At least think about it. Amen? Don't get depressed. You say, well, how could I not get depressed? The Scripture says, what are the righteous going to do? That's all I'm getting you to think about. What are you going to do if all this starts happening? What are you going to do? Because it is going to start happening. Father, I thank you.